is found in the name of the ministry. And that is kingdom, dominion. The name church is from the Greek word uh, ecclesia, which is called out. So people who are gathering here are among those who are citizens of God's kingdom, who walk in a sense of power, dominion. Dominion also is connected to the name domicile. In other words, you live in a kingdom and you gather with other people, church, who do the same thing. Okay, so we're changing all of the new members class. It is now called Kingdom Citizenship Orientation. Now, in case somebody thinks we're the Kingdom Hall and we're misconnected, I just want to let you know, we are not the Kingdom Hall. We are a, king, we are a church, a, a people of congregants. We are a congregation, right? That's in the Bible. That the con meaning, we are a gathering of people who understand why we even got together. We didn't get together for church business. We got together for king business. And the business of the king does not bypass you. One thought he gave me there was, the world loves to segment, but I love to gather. Like it's a trip getting on the plane, and I'm sure y'all have seen this before. It's the same carpet. Okay, here's the stanchion. Come on, you know how this goes. You work for, for our wonderful airline, who we will not mention at Delta. And uh, you, America did the same thing. So you put the little stanchion there, and they will tell you, business class, step to the right. Basically, rows, whatever, step to the left. Okay, but, but if you remove the stanchion, it's the same area divided by this much. But it's the territorialism that the enemy loves to use. And I'm not saying grouping is wrong, but I heard the Lord clearly say, men group, I gather. So you now have to take that into the kingdom of your own soul, and you have to start looking at your groupings. Who do you look, y'all all right, down on? Be honest with you. Who do you, what type of grouping do you look down on? Because that grouping should likely, from God's perspective, be gathered to you so that they can learn of him, so that they and you can have rest for your souls. But as long as they stay on the other side of the stanchion, there's enough separation because you know the reason why those are here and those are here is simply amount spent. Get on the same plane. Whether you sit in the front or the back, there is much better in the front. Let's just get that for real. Because you get better room, which you pay for. But all of us are going to the same location. And we will all arrive at the same time. In fact, when we arrive, the back, land, the back lands first. Okay? So we're here together. So I'm just saying, take out any of the biases you may have. That's why in leadership, we're more submitted than we are leaders. But yet, most of the books are written about leadership. But the Bible's talking about how to follow. So what we really should be majoring in is, how do I follow him better? And one way you will be able to get that done is to get the groupings gone. Because some of you don't think you belong in the group. When you really should be sitting at the, at the master's table by the master's invitation. So if he invited you and you want to sit with the servants, 
you have now asserted yourself over his authority when he called you to be with him. We all right? I, I thought about the Villaricans, I'm telling you, because as I was on the ship and I'm talking to him about where we are and this, that, and the other, the, the, the treasure hunter man, um, I, am a, I am fully aware that sometimes our environment dictates more to us than the inner environment that should be dictating for us. The kingdom should be dictating the obviousness of the terms of who you are as his son or daughter. And it's put right in his word, clearly in so many different places. And that's the reason why our heading is going to be not just for you to know about what's in the kingdom and what it looks like and what it means, but literally so that you understand you live in a real kingdom. And the kingdom lives inside of you. And the degree to which we represent the king is the degree to which the kingdom gets to come. His will gets to be done on earth as it is in heaven. WKDC Radio, 123.4 online. Villarica, Georgia, a Kingdom Dominion Church broadcast. It doesn't make us better than people who are not focused on this. It does not make us better than people who are just focused on their church and their four or their 24, their 104. It doesn't matter. We're not in a cultural war. In fact, we've been put in a culture where we are counter to them. But in order to win them, you can't berate them and dog them out. You've got to be as, as Paul said, when I, became, when I went to Rome, I became as one of them. So we didn't walk around judging people who shouldn't have had on the, some of the bikinis they had on. They shouldn't have had them on. They shouldn't have had them on. Some of the people should not have had on what they had. They shouldn't have had it on. They should not have had it on. They shouldn't have had it on. I'm telling you, they shouldn't have had it on. I mean, if you're going to have it on, you need to be on. You need to be on. You need to be, mm. And I, so no, 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 there's no judgment to any, anybody, anything. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just saying. All right, let's go into the word of God some more. <laughs> Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Going to take a look at this, and we're going to kind of slow walk this, because I'm, I'm, we're not trying to trying to uh, rev you up in strength or rev you up in excitement, I really want you to understand, the Holy Spirit wants us to really understand your citizen rights, because some of why we don't have what we should have has zero to do with the devil. Zero to do with the devil. He's already defeated. It has more to do with us not understanding the laws of the kingdom, which are right there in scripture. They don't even take a whole bunch to go beyond. So, when you get to Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1, say amen. All right, somebody stand up and read that for me. I know they're having to reload this, and that rendering takes a minute. So if you have that, somebody stand up and read that, please. Thank you. Yes, 1 through 3. Okay, stop right there. Stop right there. Let's set this up. Who is John the Baptist? Cousin of Jesus. Give me something else. He's a prophet. So we have a prophet who's connected to Jesus by relationship. And we know his office calling. And where is he located? He's in the wilderness. So is it possible that sometimes your relationships will leave you feeling as if you are in the wilderness? You don't understand what's going on, especially since you are connected. 
but it seems like you're disconnected because the wilderness is not normally the place of abundance. Okay, anybody ever been there before? All right, keep going, please. All right, so verse 2 says, the prophet who is displaced is now giving a message. That message is change the way you think. Everybody say that. You're listening, you're listening to WKDC Radio, helping you find your place in the kingdom. Now say this, the word repentance primarily means to change the way you think. Now we got to lock that in because religion has told us that repentance is if you had, you wouldn't do it again. As if, as if it's a one-time event. Okay? I want to let you know that when you gave your heart to Jesus, that is of the Greek word metacognition, or I'm sorry, metanoieo, which is a repentance because of a compunction for what you see. That is a one-time occurrence. You don't get born again again. Okay? But if you are not born again, you have to go through that part of that word, repentance. The context of this is John is telling people, change the way you think. He wasn't saying repent again because there was no real salvation yet because Jesus had just come. Okay? So prior to all of this, they were living under the law. We, we good? Uh, are you sure? I can, I can stop and answer questions. You, you got it? All right. So if you don't have to repent for salvation over and over and over again, is it likely that you have to keep changing your mind over and over again? Absolutely you do, which means you have to be changed, transformed by renewing your mind. Because if you don't keep renewing your mind, you'll not, you'll not keep up with how God's doing things. And if you don't keep up as a citizen, whatever he's trying to get done through you, he cannot get done because you're in the 70s and he's at 2020. You with the process? Like some people hold on to what they had versus letting go and receiving more. So this man of God is saying in a wilderness location connected to Jesus, change the way you think. Say that. Make it personal. I will. All the time. A lot. As much as I need to. In the middle of the day. In the middle of the night. Whatever God wants, I keep changing. Amen. Okay, read verse 3, Minister D. Make his path straight. Amen. Now, I bring this up because it's important to see, thank you, it, it is important to see the, the, the phrasing of how you might find yourself, as an example, you are walking in life. Honestly, the world is a wilderness, if the truth be known. I mean, as beautiful as the sands were on the shore, it is a wilderness compared to, to heaven. So while we're doing this, we have to understand, no matter what state you're in, you have to repent because of the necessity of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, at this point, was being introduced as the king of that kingdom, which is why John was telling the people something has happened. In fact, earlier on, you will find him saying, behold, the Lamb of God. Or later, I think, before the baptism. Behold, the Lamb of God. He's the one that's coming to take away the sins of the world. Now, in this context, notice 
that what he was prophesying about the kingdom was already written. Okay, what does that tell you about you? Whatever your life is supposed to be, it's already written. It's already recorded. So what do we have to do? You got to live it, but you can't live it until you first. You got to find out what it is. Because many times we think we know. I mean, good intentions, right? But if you really aren't living, then you have to repent. I'm not talking about I don't smoke and drink and chase women anymore. Are you serious? That stuff should long be gone. If it's not your situation and it ain't gone, you got to get that gone. Otherwise, you cannot understand what God is really after because the mixture is too heavily against the spirit. Okay? You don't become spiritual and lose your natural mind. Okay? It's all mixed in here together. Right? You have to prefer the things of the spirit. It's just a different diet that when you eat more of it, then you start changing more. Okay? So here he's saying, once again, for this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, who was not even around. You do realize that your great, 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 great grandparents don't know you. But it is highly possible that if this is a precedence that has already been established in scripture, it now can, by the law of first occurrence, it can occur again. So if Isaiah didn't know John and your grandparents didn't, great-grandparents, great-great-great-grandparents didn't know you, it's possible they've already spoken some things concerning you. And if they've spoken things concerning you, your repentance lines you up without the knowledge because John didn't say, that's right. That's right, what Isaiah says is what I'm doing. He didn't say that. This is a commentary. This is a, a, an observation of when John said this, it referenced a verse. Upon this rock, I will build. Words are like rocks. They are places where you can stand. What you may want to do, in fact, I found myself saying this. This is just to help you expand your prayer life a, bit, a little bit. I said, whatever my father didn't accomplish, this is 15 years ago when he passed, whatever my father did not accomplish, that is authorized for me to do, I accept the mantle. Now, my father was a deacon in the church. He was a, a deacon in the church. A, among his other deacon friends, put you up against the wall and, 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 and tell you what religion can't do, I can, I can beat out of you. That, that, that kind, okay? That kind of guy. Now, that's not a part of my past law. I know that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. So I don't receive that. But So I'm just I'm saying, you don't have to have come through from pedigree to pick up the mantle of what God spoke in a bloodline that you're in. You can just accept it and start walking that out by faith. Because the same prophetic word, once again, this was spoken by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He didn't know who John was. He said, somebody's going to come like a voice crying in the wilderness. And that's John. Some voice, some word has already been spoken about you. And look... And, and you need maybe, I don't know if somebody in here fits this or you know somebody. I don't care if you were adopted and your parents gave you up. You are still here by divine design. Because somebody spoke you into existence and Satan wants to make sure you feel as if you ain't nothing but a voice crying in the wilderness. But that voice crying is already authorized by an ancestor who spoke the word that you're now living.